0: and welcome to another Delta Green Operation review here at the Great Old Ones Gaming. I am your host, Nate Lost in Time and Space, and I am joined with my fellow co-host... Innkeeper Vase Odin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. And we have a very interesting operation for uh for the audience today but before we get into that we want to take a brief look at what control group the book that the operation is in is all about
1: for those of you who play delta green uh there are several adventure compilations that you can buy Control Group was one of the first ones that released by ArcDream Publishing, and it's a series of modules. This one is, uh, Control Group as a whole is intended to introduce characters to Delta Green, and it's not so much like a beginner book, right? It's more for for somewhat experienced players and experienced handlers to kind of create backstories for their current Delta Green agents. Pretty much all the operations in the book are geared to you making a character that is, is not aware that Delta Green exists. And then they're thrust into this world of darkness. And at the end of each of the modules, the survivors generally are invited to join Delta Green.
0: Yeah, they feel more like campaign beginnings more than they do sort of beginnings to the game as a whole. Correct.
1: and. Some of them are more complex than others, so some of them can be for newer players, but some of them, like Sick Again, is, I think, for more experienced players. You can play them individually. Each of the scenarios uh, can be played individually, and they have their own beginning of a story and of fulfilling end to the story if you want to just end it there. They also have ways to then begin a campaign for your characters, but you can also play these scenarios kind of as a mini-campaign. Each one you'd have to play new characters, but the last scenario in the book is kind of intended to bring it all together into a grand finale. So um, we'll talk about that when we, when we review the final scenario. But this is the first scenario in the book, and it's called Black Sat.
0: But before we get into the review proper, we have uh, a couple of things that we want to address. First, we want to uh, tell everyone that there will be spoilers throughout the review. So if you are looking to experience black sent for yourself be sure to send your handler over this way and uh, we will see you all in the following episode and the second thing that we want to shout out is our patreon and the lovely folks over on our on our patreon and our patrons who have supported the show over the past few months? If you'd like to get early access to our reviews or uh, happenings on what's going on behind the
1: scenes, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com. Or if you like what we do and you want to support us, that's that's a great way to do it too. Yes, of course.
0: And without any further ado and shameless uh, Patreon plugging, uh, let's get into the review proper. So Black Sat starts technically about a year and a half
1: before the operation actually starts? Yep, you're, you're provided uh, some pre-generated characters. Real quick on that, um, you can make your own and still make it work, but the scenario works best if you use the pre-generated characters because they have skill sets. Some of them have higher skills than your typical agent uh, in certain areas that are pertinent to this operation. And you generally wanna have a character that has certain skills for this operation because it's very specific. Those skills are very much needed in order for the operation to work well. So although you can make your own, it's highly recommended they use the pre-dens.
0: As we had alluded to earlier, the operation actually begins 18 months before the event's proper kickoff. The agents are all astronauts assigned to a classified military space shuttle mission. The basis of the operation itself is that they're headed into space to make repairs on a satellite codenamed BlackSat.
1: Yeah, and they don't really know what this is uh, because it's a highly classified military operation. There are certain aspects of it that they're unaware of. Uh, The handler knows right from the start of the scenario that Black Sat was a satellite built with unnatural components that were scavenged from the Majestic program. The Majestic program, for those who don't know, is kind of uh, similar to Delta Green. They're a a government program that deals with mostly alien technologies and um, biological uh, findings for agent, alien uh, <laughs> alien extraterrestrial forms and such. So they ma- they found these parts that they scavenged and Majestic uh, provided, and they built this satellite, and no one really knows how to repair it. No one in NASA, none of the agents or the player characters. Are really able or have the skill set in order to fix this kind of thing. They what they do instead is Delta Green sends in some passengers that the astronauts have to take to space with them, and these two passengers are completely not ready for space travel. Yeah, to to say the least.
0: And the in essence, their mission is to bring these bring these people to space, have them do what they have whatever it is they need to do and then bring them home. So the operation itself begins at 0800 when the astronauts or the player characters, as they're referred to, get a phone call from a man named Paul Scalzo. Scalzo? Uh, he's a, a NASA, NASA administrator who uh, who calls them in with a Unusually worried tone calls them in for a meeting. It doesn't really give them any additional details and says that everything will be explained once they get uh, get to the meeting itself. And when they arrive, they see this. Uh, they see Scalzo talking to a man that they uh, they know as uh, Colonel Aaron Woolrich, who is a, a familiar face but not someone that the player, uh, the PCs, have interacted with directly. He's an Air Force officer who's sort of seen or overseen parts of their training, but hasn't really dealt with them directly.
1: The PCs, the player characters, they're all supposed to know each other because they're very experienced astronauts. So all of them are very respected experts in their field, and they're specialists in particular parts of the uh, NASA program that they're part of, and so the the player characters are intended to have known to already be familiar with each other and familiar with these two characters, Aaron Woolrich and Scalzo. To go back on the player
0: characters for a second, there are five of five pre-generated characters for the for the operation. I feel specifically that two of them, uh, Hamlet and Belton. Are among the most important player characters within the operation. So if you're playing with less than five players, I'd really recommend that you you play with them specifically, and uh, I'll I'll mention why when we get there later in this in the operation. But uh, them specifically, they have very important interactions with the NPCs that are also sitting at the table. Uh, the two unknown men who are named. Uh, Weintraub and uh, O'Neill, and these are the two passengers that we alluded to earlier. They're the only two men that are capable of repairing Black Sat.
1: Yeah, they—they they have basically they know hypergeometry, which in the world of Delta Green is kind of like casting spells of or altering or, or altering reality using uh, geometric principles that are beyond human comprehension these NPCs, these two NPCs that are going to be the passengers, are not just unprepared in terms of their skill level for the space mission. They are also problematic because they both are clearly out of shape and not in uh, a particularly good medical condition. One of them in particular has a medical condition that could be beyond problematic. Even before they set out, uh, the, the PCs get to kind of size them up when they first meet them and they almost instantly notice that these two are probably going to be a problem in terms of their their medical history
0: yeah and you can sort of get that right from just seeing them at the table you know one of them is clearly pretty over overweight and The other one seems to smoke pretty regularly just from the smell of their clothes and stuff.
1: There's insinuation of depression and alcoholism in one of them, which are both very common in Delta Green agents because of the amount of stress that they have to endure, the amount of information that they know they can't talk to anybody about. So that, that naturally leads to depression and, of course, witnessing the unnatural leads you to become to lose some sanity and go into depressive states and such so I do love how this scenario presents these characters and their descriptions because it presents this information like the potential depression and alcoholism without actually saying it it's like really nice how they describe it and invoke that feeling without directly saying it they really did a good job with that
0: mmm yeah, and all of this is laid out through the meeting. As far as information laid out by Woolrich, uh, Woolrich will say that security risks on the mission are on a need-to-know basis and that the astronauts' main responsibility is to get Weintraub and O'Neill up up to BlackSat and, like, accompanying them to the the satellite itself so that they can make the repairs and then bring them back. They're not really given much, much more information other than that but they are given a chance to ask Woolrich any particular questions that they may have and the book goes through quite a bit of example questions that the PCs might have for for Woolrich which I found was really nice just to be able to give you some sort of sense of like what the players may ask and what to expect or maybe maybe information that you can sort of interject if they don't ask it.
1: Or or it's great for new players, you know, new, newer players, especially new players who are new to role-playing games, they don't know what they can and cannot do or questions they can and cannot ask. So they may be just unaware that this is something that they can bring up. So it's nice to present that to the handler so that they can, uh, you know, make it easier for newer players to kind of integrate themselves into the characters and asking the right questions. And it does give even the option for making a roll or a check in order to come up with the idea to ask one of these questions if you wanted to do it that way.
0: Yeah, which I think if your players don't come up with a lot of questions in the meeting, I would probably have them roll just for the sake of giving out some pretty useful information to the players, whether it's just character, like characteristics about Wine Trimbit O'Neill or just kind of general information about what they're getting themselves into. It's really pretty good information, so I'd be sure to at least press some of that on onto your players before they leave the meeting. And then a- after the meeting is, is a little section called Scuttlebutt, which asks the players to then review the character's bonds and motivations and go do all that stuff in game? How do you how do you feel about that vase? So I was kind of not off-put by it, but it was kind of strange to interject that sort of in the middle of the game like that.
1: So I could see it as a teaching tool for the Delta Green system. So if it's for newer players, uh, I could see this being a kind of a helpful like, oh, by the way, this is how bonds and this is how motivations work. And this is how they affect the game mechanics in terms of your willpower and things like that. For an experienced player, I think it's disruptive to the to the flow of the scenario. I don't think it's necessary um, because the, the game or the scenario wants you to kind of have like little cutscenes with each player. They come up with an idea of who their bond is going to be. They call them up and then they come up with a motivation and you role play a brief little interaction with them. Not everyone's comfortable with doing that kind of thing, like one on one with the DM, especially when it comes to you know, showing emotion to a loved one and that kind of stuff. So it's something that I think may be beneficial for a new player to learn the mechanics, but at the same time will make them uncomfortable. So I think pros and cons, I think maybe they could have done without it and just added extra bonds to these characters. They're already pre-generated. The scenario suggests doing this because they're going to need that extra cushion for handling their willpower loss and sanity loss and such. And I think that giving, giving them the extra cushion just to begin with in the character sheets would have been good enough, you know. I don't know. Um, I I haven't run it yet, so maybe it plays out different in, in the actual play, and maybe it does help the, the player get to know the character a little bit better, you know, the character that they're playing. So I'm kind of 50-50 on it, I guess. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of the same.
0: On the one hand, I do like that it allows the player to sort of customize their pre-generated character a little bit and give them sort of this uh stake in their character but at the same time I I feel like it might sort of detract from the pace of the game if everyone's sort of trying to come up with their bonds in the middle of the game and now you're sort of having to do deal with that and like run the game at a meaning like in a you know, good pace. So, I don't know.
1: And that's a good point you bring up. I hadn't thought of either is we were just talking earlier about test taking, right? Before we started recording. And yeah, some people are good at coming up with instant information like that. But some people, when they're put on the spot, they can't think of something. Like if you if you tell them before the game starts, hey, start thinking of someone that might be a Bond or whatever. And then we're going to do this scene, you know, an hour into the session or whatever. That may be a little easier for some people, but you're right. Some people may not may not be good at all at coming up with something on the spot. So as a handler, just a quick tip here. If you plan on doing the scuttlebutt section, come up with bonds for each of the pregens. And that way, if someone can't come up with an idea, give them your idea and say, here, just run with this. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or have like maybe a list of ideas, just like general ideas. Yeah. Some, something like that. Just to kind of keep the pace of the game going especially if you plan on running this as a one-shot, you, you want to keep the game, uh, the pace moving. And I think kind of on that note too of pacing, when you're planning this scenario, Alan, I would also consider whether or not you want to run this in one or two sessions, because I do think that there is room for this operation to be run in two sessions. One session could be before the actual launch of, uh, the spaceship, and the second one being the main meat of the scenario in space. I th- I think you can you can go either way, and it's just sort of dependent on whether or not your group really likes that sort of role play and investigation style of stuff. Because I I think there is a lot that you could add to the investigation, the two day investigation that follows the meeting. So after the scuttlebutt scene, the players are given the chance to to do some. Research into Black Sad and kind of poke around and see what they can learn about what what they're getting themselves into. There's various scenes from gossiping with other workers at NASA to learning more about Weintraub and O'Neill. And one of the characters is actually a physician and can actually um, attend uh, O'Neill and Weintraub's physicals and can learn some pretty interesting information from there as well. But uh, one part of this section that I really like is that it gives a lot of examples of what the players could look into. And depending on how they roll, it gives you various results on whether they succeed or fail. I really liked that addition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the I, I really like the skill checks in Delta Green, how they're not necessarily always pass fail. Like a lot of their a lot of the scenarios are really good about making skills matter in a way, or even your role, you may have failed by a small amount. And with Delta Green, the the way the system works, if you if you come close to succeeding, you can still get some information or, you know, do something with that skill in this, in this instance, having the pass fail or the uh, success failure roles and the description of what the, the agent finds, it's really interesting because. Just attempting the roll is going to give you a little bit of information, even if you fail it. And if you succeed, you get more information or, you know, more details regarding the whatever it is that you're rolling for. I definitely did like how they added that here.
0: Yeah, and I like in this section, too, that if the players fail at any point, kind of drumming up information about what they're getting themselves into with Black Sat, Will Rich, uh is privy to all of this, like, goings-on, and he basically tells them you better knock it off or or you're going to get court-martialed kind of a deal.
1: Yeah, if the if the agents dig too deep, if the player characters dig too deep, it uh, it comes back to bite them for sure. <laughs> they start to realize there's something something deeper there uh, that they're not supposed to know.
0: Yeah. And I, I always enjoy when Delta Green really plays into that sort of you know, bureaucratic protocol because I think it's an important part of the setting is to really like establish that these player characters have to kind of follow the hierarchy of of whatever establishment that they happen to be a part of. I suggest that, you know, you might want to run this in two sessions because there really is a lot of information here that, you know, if your players really want to like have a couple of chat scenes with random, you know, random engineers and scientists in NASA, like you, you could easily like, Spend an hour just like kind of coming up with these conversations. And maybe you have another scene with a player where they're going through the physicals of Weintraub and O'Neill. And, you know, like, like I could see that being like a three hour session right there.
1: Yeah, me too. And it's, and if, if you don't think that your players are going to go too far or if they're newer players, so they don't know like the things that they need to investigate or look into, just uh, maybe kind of give them a little a little push into it by by reminding them that these are astronauts who are the best of the best in their field of study. Uh, a space mission is nothing to sneeze at, right? It is a very, it requires a very particular set of skills. It requires everyone to be at the top of their game. Otherwise, if even the slightest thing goes wrong, everyone's life could be in danger. So it's extremely important that everybody is on the same page. And having these two other, individuals that are now going to be part of this mission as a kind of last minute addition as a as an astronaut as a uh, expert astronaut you should be thrown aback by that and say wait a minute who are these strangers we don't know their skill level assessing them and sizing them up they're clearly unfit for space travel they clearly don't have the training or the health to do this mission what's going on here i think any astronaut in their right mind would start digging and say hey who are these two guys maybe they'll call colleagues hey do you know what Woolrich rich is doing here or do you know who this o'neill guy is or maybe even just searching the internet to try and find out who these guys are a little bit more information because again those two passengers are unknown factors that can truly affect the mission and maybe you know affect everybody's lives within the mission so letting them know something like that as players will help them kind of Think about it in those terms and put themselves in the astronaut's shoes and say, oh, yeah, maybe we should look into these guys a little bit further.
0: Yeah, even if it's just something basic, like you said, like doing a Google search or, you know, doing like a search on Wikipedia, just just something in their in their two day time. Like I, I definitely agree with you that as the handler, you really should kind of stress to the players that this is very odd that NASA would do something like this, especially so close to the start of a mission.
1: Yeah, so one of the player characters can be Turner. It's Turner, right? Who's the physician? Uh, yes. And so that physician is in charge of the health of the people on the flight. So they would be there for the examination and a lot of the examination results are redacted. So when, when Turner gets the report, there's a bunch of redacted sections, which is pretty hilarious. And Turner herself gets to see these guys doing their physicals and just failing miserably, <laughs> which I think is just such a hilarious thing. Um, <laughs> something about this section cracked me up because these two, these two passengers are so bad and so clearly not meant to be going up there. Following the, uh, the
0: physical, they also do the the training scene with uh, Hamlet and Belton, which is equally hilarious. Just like thinking of, just two totally out of shape people trying to like do astronaut training in a matter of a couple of days is just
1: (laughs) really amusing some some astronauts never even go to space in their entire career (laughs) these two guys are getting to go to space with no prior training it's just hilarious and trying to cram it all in a couple of days (laughs) just something so typical of delta green
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's great so, I would definitely definitely have these scenes with your players even if they don't do any cursory research. Like have one of the players either play as Turner or play as Hamlet and Belton. Uh like I was saying earlier, I think Hamlet and Belton are probably the two first pregens that you want to make sure someone is playing and then maybe Turner after that specifically for these scenes. And then at some point, you know, when you when you feel enough time has passed, um, or during session two, if you decide to go that route, uh, session two is all about the launch and actually going into space.
1: Yeah, the, the scenario, once everyone's ready and strapped in, the scenario makes it clear that you want to build the tension of the actual launch sequence. So it goes step by step, starting at T minus 10 seconds, and you describe, it gives details for you to describe to your players everything that's going on on each second pre-launch and even post-launch all the way up to T plus 12 minutes or something to that effect. And things start happening right away. As soon as the rocket launches, things start to go haywire at that point. Oh, because of course they would. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's Delta (laughs) Green. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be
0: a fun story if everyone just went to space and everything was fine. You got to make this dramatic. They give you, you know... Tons of great little bullet points as well. And I like that um, in addition to giving you all these descriptive details, it it gives the players the chance to use their skills in these really hectic moments, which I really like as well. There are skill tests that the players have to make at certain points throughout this, and I sort of like that. It almost feels like a quick time event. In, and I'm not saying that in a disparaging way, but in a really kind of cool way. In a game like this where you're like, dig, 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 All right. Now you got to make this roll quick. Hurry up. <laughs> you don't know what's happening. You know, like I, I think you could really play a scene up like this and sort of have that like kind of constant, like adrenaline pumping in your players. It's it's really great. And eventually they they eventually get up into orbit and that is sort of like they have a chance to to collect themselves. But. In Delta Green fashion, of course, the, the radios go down.
1: Yeah, well, before that happens, one of the two passengers is very likely to die before they even hit orbit, <laughs> just on launch, because he is so physically inept. Um, he starts having seizures, and his eyes uh, rupture, the, the blood vessels in his eyes rupture, and he just goes into cardiac arrest. And so the Turner, the whoever's playing the... The physician has to make a decision on whether she wants to unstrap in the middle of the launch to try and save his life or remain strapped in as the protocol sets for her. So you have to decide whether you want to break protocol and save someone's life or stay strapped in and hope they survive long enough until you hit orbit so that you can rescue the individual. If, if, you, if the player does not make that decision to unstrap and try to help the guy, he will die there's zero chance of them surviving so the only way that person survives is if whoever's playing turner decides to unstrap break protocol and save them so there's a lot of little moments like this in this scenario where you have to stress the protocol and then the player needs to make a decision whether they want to break protocol or risk something worse happening then they hit orbit (laughs) and then like you said after after this situation whether the person dies or not uh, that's when the radios the radios start to go down in the middle of the person dying I believe mm-hmm. right
0: yeah yeah it's like a, as they are like in getting into orbit that's like sort of when they get to collect themselves and like you said if if one of the uh, one of the other astronauts uh, dies as a result of getting into orbit then the players have a decision to make. At, it's at this point that they're gonna have to rendezvous with the shuttle of Blacksat, and they have about forty-eight hours of piloting to do at this point. So once once they're up in the air, this sort of gives them another another chance to do some investigation and to do some additional questioning. Yeah, of of Weintraub over O'Neill, depending on which one of them is alive.
1: Yeah, Weintraub was, it probably will be dead. O'Neill it has a secret. O'Neill is actually. Uh, has a completely different name. Uh, Delta Green has changed his name to keep his past records and such from being easily found. And if the players did some digging earlier before, you know during those two days where they were able to investigate before the launch, if they were able to find some information regarding that, they can kind of drill him now about it and question him further about it. and he will he will eventually come clean.
0: Yeah, I like his story too. There's interesting ties to uh Kasia Mason and uh the Black Book and all that stuff with his backstory, which I really thought was cool. And it's at this point, you know, you can give the players the chance to kind of you know, walk around the cabin so to speak and kind of build this sort this kind of looming sense of dread of, you know, the vacuum of space and just give give the players this sense of unease that something is definitely wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, already they're going to have something wrong. Whether so, whether the the passenger died or not, even if they didn't die, they are in critical condition basically. So they have a major problem already, even at the very beginning of the mission. While they while they have this time to walk around, and uh, you as a handler definitely are building the sense of dread. Then uh, protocol states that. Uh, It's either the captain or the pilot has to go and check the suits because a couple of the astronauts also have to do a walk, a spacewalk, during the mission uh, while O'Neill is fixing black sat. And when they start to check the suits, as is protocol, there is a chance that they discover something not right about the suits. Yeah, they can they can discover that the suits may have been sabotaged. Initially, they can they they just see something a strange device inside of them. So, depending on their skill rolls, uh, success or failure, uh, they can just learn a little bit about that, or they can actually determine that there is some kind of poison in these uh, devices, and there's some kind of remote control, some radio antenna mechanism that clearly is meant for these things to be remotely activated. So someone is setting up the suits, but there is a chance your players don't succeed. They find the devices, but they don't know what they are, so they can actually call Mission Control or... um, Yeah, they
0: can. Wohlrich is the the man that's most likely to be on the receiving end of any calls that the astronauts make while they're in space.
1: Yeah, so they can try and ask him what it is if their roles were not high enough to discover the truth of what those devices are. And he'll lie to them. He'll say that they're they are uh, they're just devices for him to monitor their, their health status remotely from mission control.
0: But the reality is that they, uh, they're connected to nerve gas, which um, has has a, a very good chance of killing your players after a few minutes if if they if they don't catch it and um you know if it's administered in inside the suit so yeah you can you can certainly just have the player just die kind of out of nowhere if they uh, don't see this coming if you don't really describe it well enough so yeah <laughs> you know like 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 you were saying earlier vase make sure the players, uh, have the chance to at least investigate the suits prior to actually getting
1: into them if whether they reach the main orbit to to get to black sat or get to a lower orbit either way they're able to reach black sat and now they must don the suits and go outside and tether themselves to the ship and tether and O'Neill goes with them as well at at this point the players may still want to ask O'Neill some some questions regarding everything that's going on And he, as they're about to go on their spacewalk, he will come clean about a lot of what he knows. Because at this point, he knows that one of them will probably die, or all of them. And I think at this point, he doesn't really care so much. Or maybe because the astronauts have black sack clearance, he feels that he can tell them a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and you know maybe the players use some sort of social skill and maybe role play their way into... Just getting O'Neill to like them as people, that's that's an uh, an entirely possible option as well. I think it's at this point, too, that the players have a decision to make, whether or not they actually want to go through with this or not. It's at this point that, again, you probably should really stress protocol and stress this kind of weight of this choice to the players.
1: Yeah, just abandoning a mission like that for for pretty much no reason, uh, is very, very detrimental to their careers. And these are people, their player characters that they're using, are people who have spent their lives building up their careers and becoming respected and almost top of their field. And throwing away their careers like that just on a whim is very unlikely for any of them to, to do unless they absolutely feel that everybody's in danger. Which at this point, they may not necessarily that way they have no no real reason to feel that way
0: yeah like if weintraub does die as a result of going into space the player characters knew that that was a very real possibility going into this while it is unfortunate that is likely the reality that those those characters have have come to grips with as as sad as that may as that may be, but you know, I, I, I think that as the handler, you really can kind of play up Woolrich's hierarchical sort of status on the players and be like, well, you know, if you don't carry out this mission, you know, you'll be ridiculed for the rest of your life. And
1: it's uh it's also a decision that a lot of Delta Green agents have to make on almost every mission. So it's something that players experienced players will be used to doing uh but even non-experienced players at least are going to be exposed to having to make such a tough decision it's part of the horror of delta green knowing that the life of one sometimes it's necessary for that life to end in order to ensure the lives of, of millions of others or the entire human race right so um not that these characters would would be making this decision because of that yet because they're not part of Delta Green, but it is the kind of thing where they need to complete their mission. And NASA engineers and astronauts know how important sometimes if they're if you're going out to space, it's because it's something very very important, right? So, but uh, going back to the dangers and O'Neill and coming clean about things, one thing he does not come clean about, regardless, is the fact that him and Weintraub all along had been planning to kill one of the player characters. They had to, because in order to perform the hypergeometrical ritual that would ensure their true mission, which is the destruction of Black Sat, the only way to complete that ritual is to use the energy of a recently deceased individual nearby. So they needed to kill someone in order to complete the hypergeometric ritual, which O'Neill still needs to do in order to even begin his ritual, right? So O'Neill has to make a decision on who to kill. And based on the interactions between him and the player characters and who befriended him, who treated him well, he will make such a decision. And if not, well, there is um, there is the backup plan, which is w- why those spacesuits were, were rigged. Because if, for whatever reason, the, all the player characters befriended O'Neill and he ends up feeling bad uh, and deciding not to kill anyone and uh, having remorse about it, Woolrich will because at this point they will be suited up. Woolrich, Woolrich will will make the decision and kill one of the player characters or more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's and it's this scene exactly why I suggested earlier that you have at least one of your players play Hamlet or Belton because they are the two astronauts that actually go out into the spacesuits and assist O'Neill in this regard. So. You know, if you have all five players, you know, you can choose one of them or choose, you know, whoever you feel is most dramatic. But if for some reason you only have, you know, less than five players, then you can use perhaps one of the other NPCs or I think it'll sort of depend on how your group feels about player death. But, you know, it, you definitely want to play this scene up as in my opinion, this is probably the best scene in the entire the entire operation is, you know, the catwalk of death.
1: Yeah yeah the spacewalk and at the same time while that's happening the people inside the cockpit are still going to be experiencing something horrific as well because they see movement in the cameras and they start to realize something is out there right <laughs> so there's a breach yes yeah so while all this is happening on the outside there is more drama going on on the inside so it's not like the people inside are able to help no matter what they're not able to help because they got to open the the hatch which is not possible to do just on an instant it takes hours so no matter what if they see this happening they cannot do anything about it but regardless even if they could they have their own problems to deal with <laughs> so what is it that comes out uh, and breaches the ship it's
0: for lack of a better term a derivative as the operation itself calls it it's less a physical manifestation more of just as enigma
1: yeah, it's a create it's not a life form, it's not an organism. It's a creation made by thoughts and mathematical equations from people and things and how these mathematical equations and numbers twist time and space and create this this thing that is hungry for more information. It's not alive, but it hungers and it just has single-minded a single-minded nature to consume information
0: and it moves throughout the ship and has very lethal capabilities my goodness yeah i mean we're talking 1d tan sand loss on site uh multiple times yeah it's bad (laughs)
1: Yeah, and any information, even written information, this thing will uh, go up to the lockers, and any writing that it goes near turns into a grayish blur. So it consumes the numbers and the, the letters that are engraved in the lockers. So anything written, name tags, things like that, everything is erased, basically, by this creation. And these derivatives are created by Sat actually. So that's where they're emerging from. Uh, this, the materials that... The majestic program used to create the satellite somehow have created these derivatives, or it has a way to create them, and it is the method in which this black sat satellite attacks other enemy satellites. the The reason it was put up in space is it is a defense, a military defense satellite that ruins other satellites from other countries and such, right? Enemies, and it does that through the derivatives that it creates, which is. Kind of interesting that they were able to manipulate that, but it grew out of their control. And the real reason O'Neill and Weintraub were sent there is to destroy it, not to repair it. As the handler, you can be as nasty as you
0: want to be with an ability
1: like that. Yeah, the only thing they can't do is electrical systems because the information that's traveling through that is not actual processed information. So it says that it doesn't do electrical systems, but it can't. you can derail the player character's I mean, through many other ways of anything that's information other than electrical transmitted, electrically transmitted information, these things hunger for it, and that includes the player characters' minds, right? So, if if I remember correctly, the only way of actually "quote unquote" getting rid
0: of them is by actually destroying Black Sat,
1: um, or bringing it down to Earth. So, even if they don't destroy Black Sat, the derivatives um, cannot survive in the Earth's atmosphere for some reason. So, just by going back to Earth. The derivatives die, or they disappear, right? So, black sat, but nobody knows that. Nobody is aware of that. But that is one of the ways destroying black sat is one way. Um, and the, the scenario is left pretty open ended in terms of that. Like it lets you decide what happens in the end if O'Neill is successful in his return or not. There's no rules to make. It's really up to the handler whether they want to the story to go that one way or another way. Um, but the the astronauts do end up heading back to Earth, uh, if they if they finish the mission or not, or if they abort it, and the derivatives remain in the ship and they start to to multiply, right? So as that that kind of increases the tension, because the players can witness these derivatives as they feed enough, they start to multiply, <laughs> and now there's two of these really deadly things on the ship. Uh, and the players will not know that they're they're going to end up destroying themselves by going into the atmosphere. So they have no way of knowing how they're going to handle these things until they enter the Earth's atmosphere, and then they just go away. And it's kind of like a sigh of relief, I guess, for the players.
0: Yeah, it's it feels a bit of a cop out, but I think for the the basis of a one shot, I think it works pretty well. And. You know, you don't have to have the derivatives die when they enter the Earth's atmosphere. You could you could have them have different properties if you wanted it to play out to be of a, more of a lingering threat. Say if you were to like include this as part of a a start of a campaign for, for your Delta Green group or something like that. That'd be kinda neat. And maybe these derivatives are sort of like the foe that they have to keep hunting after after they land back on Earth or something like
1: that. That'd be kinda neat that would be cool yeah there's a lot of potential for stories to develop from this for sure
0: as far as flying back home whether if the investigators or wow well, if the astronauts actually live to that point the, there is uh roles that they can make to actually pilot their way back home which not many games actually allow you to do it's sort of a i feel like vehicles by and large have a kind of an afterthought in role playing games and it's it's at least nice to see
1: that they 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 made a lot of use of yeah. a lot of the skills. Yeah. I really like that they that they really use the skill here for that.
0: And then regardless of the events and if any of the astronauts live the events of Operation Black Sat, there comes a point where they will be recruited by Delta Green at some point, and they'll be asked to join the program. And that and and it's at that point you can introduce them into Delta Green and what Delta Green is all about and and go on from
1: there. And there are a lot of story seeds to the Kazai Mason angle. There's also a couple of programs that are touched upon that are in the Handler's Guide for for the game, you know, Mustang and things like that. There's a few programs that are mentioned and sprinkled throughout that could lead to additional, like these astronauts, after all this happens to them, if you want to continue those characters, the survivors in a campaign, I'm sure one of the first things that I would do if I was one of those astronauts is, Look at deeper into these two guys and then find information regarding this Mustang program, this Mustang location, and all these other things that were going on, and kind of go down the rabbit hole of that and eventually investigate to get into what the heck is going on and what the backstories are here.
0: And the operation also gives a little, uh, kind of details into some of the other NPCs as well. Scalzo is, um, he's kind of pegged as the scapegoat for all of this stuff going on so he he ends up kind of retiring as a disgrace and uh woolrich is relieved of uh, is relieved of command of duty and and yeah it's like at that point that the players are recruited into the
1: program and some people involved are killed too like if the if the players go and talk to them forget who it was in the story but they go to talk to someone and they say oh yeah i have more information for you regarding this and then like a week later they die in a car accident near their house (laughs) so like little things like that happen at the end of it yeah the
0: mysterious you know cutting of the brakes and stuff like that it's classic kind of conspiratorial uh it's great stuff
1: love it (laughs) so what are what are some of the aspects that you like about this operation phase? Okay, so my my three favorite things about this operation are the spaceship angle, the NASA ex, you know, astronauts being the player characters. I love that aspect of it and not knowing about Delta Green and kind of being thrust into this thing with no knowledge of what they're getting themselves into. The second thing I really like is the two NPCs, the passengers. They are so awesome. I just I was cracking up the whole time because they're like The typical Delta Green agent like they're they're sent with the players to destroy the satellite and they're clearly unfit for space travel. And it's just so funny. I can see Delta Green thinking, man, these are because it says in the scenario, these there's only four people that have the skill set to fix this satellite or really destroy. Right. And of the four, two of them are these two guys. So half of the people in the entire world that are able to fix a satellite are in the ship, right, are sent in. And they're the worst. So I can totally see Delta Green going like, oh, these are two only two of four people we know who can do this job. They're not really fit for space travel, but what can we do? Let's give it a shot. Send them up there. I mean, our hands
0: are tied <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's for the greater good, right? And even though they know it's going to be an utter failure, but what else are they going to do? They're completely unskilled and unprepared for this. And it reminds me of, like, things that, Once players are in Delta Green, they experience themselves like you might be an engineer and you're set in to impersonate a firefighter or something, you know, (laughs) and you just have to make it work. So I love that aspect of it. And then the third thing that I really liked is like you like you mentioned earlier, the large amount of and broad amount of skills that are used in the scenario. I think they're done really well. What about you? One of the things I really liked about
0: this operation is that it feels very cinematic. There are very notable set pieces throughout the scenario. You know, you've got the initial meeting at 0800. You've got the two scenes with Turner and uh, Belton and uh, Hamlet, kind of comedic scenes, more lighthearted things. And then you've got the very dramatic launch scene, and then you've got You know, that the ending climax with the derivatives and the ritual and getting back to Earth. And, you know, it all kind of culminates into that big scene at the end where the players, you know, kind of make it back to Earth by the skin of their teeth. And I really like that about this operation.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned the launch sequence. That that probably would be my fourth uh, thing to add to my favorites. I really enjoyed that, too. It was, like you said, very cinematic. Well done.
0: Also really enjoy as a handler, I like the amount of information that you're given as the handler to really flesh out the operation and to make it feel as cinematic as possible, really give those moments a lot of uh,
1: needed detail. So what, what parts of the scenario would you change or what parts did you not care for as much?
0: I think one thing I didn't really care for as much in this operation is how divided the players always seem to be. It's always kind of one or two player characters and an NPC interacting from scene to scene. It's never like the players as a group generally making decisions, barring, I think, you know, right after they get into orbit and maybe when you're investigating, you know, prior to launch. There's like a couple of moments where they might be together, but by and large, the players aren't really together a lot. So it's it, it can be a lot to keep track of as the handler.
1: I agree with you on that one. I think, um, you know, Sick Again had that kind of similar thing. It, it's in the same book. Um, it, it is hard for a handler because you don't want to give too much attention and... It feels like you spend 10 minutes with one player, everyone else is kind of listening, but they also might be twiddling their thumbs and maybe not paying as much attention because they're not involved, so they don't need to be as engaged with it. It's definitely difficult to to balance that. And this scenario, there's no way to not split the group up. And a lot of the scenes
0: are tailored towards particular in uh, particular player characters, too. So it's not like you can very easily kind of have you know, all the players in those particular scenes at that time anyway because of how the operation sort of works. You're always kind of having to divide the group, which is also kind of a strength of the scenario too in in a, in a way because, because you have to split the players up so much it gives you the power to kind of overwhelm them because you can kind of flank them from multiple angles. And, and while I do think that that can be fun, I do also have my issues with the derivatives because they while they are interesting from a conceptual standpoint they're not a very easy threat to really realize and to combat as the players the players like really don't have any way of dealing with these things other than just getting the hell out of there and that that could be kind of
1: hit or miss with me sometimes this is why i say that generally the scenarios in control group are not for newer players even though they are for new agents (laughs) so hopefully that makes sense to everyone when we say that because newer players that are new to this type of game may not be used to the likelihood of defeat or the likelihood of their character dying so easily and i feel like the scenarios in control group in general are very deadly Like, more deadly than your typical Delta Green scenario. I mean, maybe one or two exceptions there, but here it's like, like you said, there's no way that not a single player character dies. Like, that is so unlikely someone is going to die, or everyone's going to die.
0: It's like, the derivatives, they they blast you with a ton of sanity, and... The players may not even ever see them, like ever see them coming. So you know, I I think as the as the handler, you got to be careful with that because it could be very easy to just you know TPK your whole party and sort of leave them like stranded on the ship without this kind of nice payoff at the end.
1: Yeah, and, and some people <clears throat> some people are okay with that, but I think most people, especially if you're new to the game that happening might be just enough to turn you off from ever playing Delta Green again. And it would be unfortunate, but only because if if it's a deadly scenario and you at least stand a chance or you have ways to combat the, the enemy, that's one thing. But in this particular scenario, you're in the middle, you're in outer space, you're in a ship, you there's nowhere you can go and there's no way for you to battle these things that are attacking you If you have the spacesuits if you didn't notice the the um, nerve gas mechanism and you've done the spacesuit There's literally nothing that you can do once they push that button to kill your character It almost feels unfair, you know there most other delta green scenarios um, And again, this is why I say it's not necessarily for new players because other delta green scenarios There are ways to escape run away defeat the things there are certain things that you can do here there's not much that you can do at all it just kind of happens
0: yeah and it's not like i don't mind like having powerful threats i mind when the players don't have many options or when when the only options are run away because it it sort of just in my opinion at least it sort of leads to this gameplay where the player's in their in the back of their mind, are thinking like, all right, how do I disengage from the scenario? Because that's how my that's how my character lives. And for me at least, I want my players to feel like they're in the scenario. So I, I think there is a way that you could have these derivatives be threatening, but not have them be sort of like this sort of ignomatic threat that the players can't deal with like maybe give them some weakness whether it is like you know getting them out of the airlock and exposing them to oxygen or something you know something along those lines that you can give the players at least a little glimmer of hope
1: yeah or disable them so you know you have something be able to disable them not not necessarily kill these things because you also don't want to turn into a dnd scenario or something you know but right right but yeah. at least to buy you some time to survive or to I guess it's it's kind of like the Xenomorph and, f- and the flamethrower, right? Yeah, this this uh this campaign I or this scenario, I think um for me overall I agree with you on that one. Mostly what I would change is that I get what the scenario is intending to do. It's a it's meant to be an origin story for the survivors, how they got into Delta Green. But because you don't know who's going to survive or if anyone's going to survive, you know, you kind of you kind of up in the air about it, you know.
0: Yeah, and Normally I wouldn't have such a big deal with a monster like this at the end of the scenario, but I feel like it's it kind of takes away from the cooler part of the scenario, which is sort of the intrigue of O'Neill and Weintraub, right? Like, like that to me is sort of a more interesting crux of this scenario, and I feel like the derivatives, while they are interesting in their own right, I do feel like they kind of take away from that, you know, in a sense. Like, it feels to me like it was... Like they, they kind of tacked them on at the end to ensure that the players inside the ship had something to do rather than having some general like intrigue for them to also deal with. I, I don't know. It's just kind of my little nitpick with this scenario. I I would probably still include the derivatives, but I would probably give them some sort of weakness that the players can exploit, at least temporarily.
1: I think that's a good, a good idea. A good tip. This scenario is very linear. Uh, Unlike Sick Again. I keep mentioning it because it's in the same book. Sick Again is a very open kind of sandboxy type of scenario. This one is more linear. Like there's not a whole lot you can do. The first half where you can investigate and call around and meet, you know, with colleagues and things like that is a little more open. But once they're in the ship, it's extremely linear. Uh, Things are happening at particular times. Things, events are occurring. Whether the player's are gonna do anything about them or not, the events occur, right? So it's very, very, very linear. Not that that's a bad thing, but something to keep in mind and a tip I would give in regards to that. This scenario, unlike others, where you kinda wanna encourage people to come up with ideas of what the characters are gonna do next, you wanna keep this one moving. You wanna make sure that, uh, like you mentioned, the cinematic nature of it, so that that feels more flavorful. You wanna keep things moving very, very quickly and steadily you know you don't want to rush players but you also don't want to leave it where they're sitting around thinking and it slows the pace down this type of scenario requires more of a structured like okay this is happening now what are you guys doing all right this is happening now as as much as that feels like a railroad this type of scenario i think benefits from the linear nature that it has but it is important to not let it drag in certain spots because then the players will feel like Why was I railroaded into this? If you keep it moving, then they're distracted because new information keeps coming at them and they won't mind it as much because it's like they're sitting watching a movie, right?
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, and another thing to kind of keep on that tip as well is, you know, you can constantly remind them that they're they're on a mission from NASA, right? They have a very set job to do and go home because, you know, time is money in this case. So, you know, you got to keep things moving along. And I like also to suggest that you know try not to focus too much on one particular part of the group because like we were saying earlier the scenario does really like to divide the players up a lot so it can be very easy to kind of over focus on the players that are kind of near o'neill or near the you know near whatever current threat is happening and
1: You know, just to kind of
0: highlight that you want to make sure that you're not shining the spotlight too brightly on one particular player when you're playing this uh, operation.
1: And on that same note, regarding O'Neill and Weintraub, there there are times in the scenario, early in the scenario, where the players will certainly feel there's something off about these guys. And because these two guys are planning to kill one of the player characters, they're going to give off some vibes, right? And the player characters may pick up on the fact that they're not getting all the information because something else is happening that might put them in danger. And I know for a fact my group, my Wednesday group, would definitely, without question, once the launch happens, the minute Weintraub dies or near, nearly dies, they would surround O'Neill and they would question him or beat him up until he answers questions. That's just the way my players go. And I know there's a lot of groups that would do something like that. It's very important to remind them that your char- that their player characters are astronauts not you know warriors and monks and all this stuff right and as astronauts they have a mission to fulfill and it's very important to remind them when they when they start behaving that way remind them that they're part of a military operation there's a lot of things they're not going to be privy to there's a lot of things that they don't have access to in terms of their um, classification level right so if they start to get too aggressive with the npcs which can very very likely happen Before any of the events occur, make sure you constantly remind them that they have protocols that they have to follow, that they have a superior that they have to answer to. They can't just go around beating up passengers that are, that clearly have a higher access level for classified information than they do, right? Reminding them of that constantly, if they do start to get aggressive or suspicious of these NPCs, there's not much they can do regarding their suspicions because they have this mission and they have superior officers to answer to. So wrapping up this review vase overall what do you what do you think about black sat I think it's uh, an okay scenario it's there are definitely a lot of things that one has to think about uh, an inexperienced handler and inexperienced players may have a hard time with this one so I think overall um, players who like a more linear story would enjoy this uh, players who don't mind much more difficult scenarios would enjoy this. And players who want something a little different with a lot more skill checks and are rewarded for being more creative with their, with their current uh, skill set, I think would enjoy this as well. So like, kind of like solving a puzzle, but also those players who don't mind having the rug swept from under them. And <laughs> so overall, I think it's a, it's an okay scenario, but it's definitely not for everybody.
0: Yeah. I, I think I said somewhere right there with you. I, I, think this scenario has a lot of potential but i do think like you were saying it's very group dependent and i think like how your character how your players react to having agency removed from them and how that how they choose to react to that might might sour their opinion on this operation a bit i do think that there are ways that you can sort of alleviate that whether it's you know removing the derivatives or giving them more agency on how they choose to combat the derivatives or even giving them more options to investigate early on so that they can kind of learn more about what is really happening with black sat i like that there is room for this operation to grow you know whether you want to expand in more detail about black sat maybe you have some operations like kind of leading into black set where your players are like familiarizing uh, with, with each other. Like maybe you kind of role play out the beginning 15 months in some regard. And, and then you start into the operation proper. i like that there's options. And then with every operation in control group, you have this kind of epilogue that leads into a natural kind of opening into a proper delta green campaign
1: and if you plan on running the book as a as a mini campaign you know then obviously this is the one you'd start with and it's a it's a good start to that whole story at the end we'll get to that when we get to when we get to the review for that scenario but but it i do like that it definitely has the possibilities for all these beginnings of other campaigns and to be played as a standalone type of uh, scenario as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think overall it's a pretty good scenario, but I definitely wouldn't recommend it like we were saying earlier to newer groups getting into Delta Green for the first time. I do think that there are better operations for kind of learning, learning the game and kind of getting, getting to grips with what Delta Green is all about without having it be so blatantly brutal. If you're a more experienced group and you're looking for a bit more of a challenge, maybe pick this one up and see if it's right for your group. But if you're a newer group looking for an operation to just get your your players into Delta Green, I, I think I would recommend Sick Again over an operation like Black Sat. I think the two are very similar in their structure, but I think Sick Again gives the players uh, much more agency and how they combat uh, the threat in that operation and if you're curious about that operation we have reviewed that operation so we will uh we'll be sure to post a link to that as well as this will be accompanying that that review for our overall review of control group well i think with that that's going to do it for our review of black sat and our second operation review for control group I've been your host, Nate, lost in time and space, and I was joined with this evening.
1: Inkeeper Vesoran from the Twisted Tentacle